Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Ramadan Mubarak to you and yours. This Ramadan, as we all gather to share a meal with our loved ones, we need to remember those in Gaza who are also gathering to share a meal with so many who aren't there that were just there a year ago. Since October the 7th, the Human Development Fund has assisted over 200,000 people in Gaza, providing them with essential aid such as food baskets, water, hot meals, winter items, shelter, hygiene kits, and baby formula. Your generous contributions are making a significant impact, especially in Rafah. Let's sustain this momentum and continue providing crucial support during this sacred and blessed month. Please visit hdfund.org slash qalam. That's hdfund.org slash qalam, Q-A-L-A-M, to learn more about our global reach this Ramadan and choose where you'd like to direct your support during this blessed month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this month a time of mercy, solace, acceptance, and triumph for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And may Allah continue to use all of us as a means and never replace us. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasir Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us. Jazakumullahu khayran. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. And alhamdulillah. نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمدا عبد الله ورسوله قال تعالى في كتاب الكريم بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وكذلك يجتبيك ربك ويعلمك من تأويل الأحاديث ويتم نعمته عليك وعلى آل يعقوب كما أتمها على أبويك من قبل إبراهيم وإسحاق إن ربك عليم حكيم لقد كان في يوسف وإخوته آيات للسائلين When you think about somebody that you love very dearly or somebody that whose love you want to gain, or whose love you want to grow in your heart. What is the greatest gift that you could give them? What is the greatest gift that you think of that you can give to somebody to show them your appreciation, your love, your consideration for them? 
The greatest gift, perhaps, of the greatest gifts that can be given to a person is your belief in them. Beyond any measure of wealth that you spend, beyond any physical, material benefit you can give, the thing that people remember most, the thing that people are most impacted and touched by, the thing that means the most to somebody is when you believe in them, especially in a moment and in a time in which it doesn't readily make sense to believe in them. It isn't obvious that the outcome will be favorable. Our beloved mother, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she narrates a very beautiful narration. And before we mention it, we have to note that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha especially did us such an incredible service that we will never be able to, to, to pay back. When you think about those intimate moments that you have with the people that are closest to you, they're so special and so private. You have conversations in your home with your spouse, with your family, and you have a level of comfort where you're able to share ideas and share thoughts and reflections and conversations and even disagreements perhaps that you would never utter share in front of anyone else. You are at your most vulnerable before another person. And Aisha on many different occasions, she narrates to us things about the life of the Prophet in her private encounters and interactions with him that we otherwise would have no way of ever knowing. And in doing that, she sacrifices this incredibly valuable privacy and vulnerability, and at times even puts herself in a position where somebody who's foolish might consider her in a negative light, all because of the beautiful character and person that was the Prophet wasallam, and in a desire to share that with his ummah. And so for that, we are forever indebted. In one of those narrations, she radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says that the Prophet ﷺ, he would never mention anyone more and praise anyone more than he did of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. And she said, one day I felt a little bit jealous of that. And so I said to the Prophet ﷺ, without thinking, that you, you know, how often is it that you mention this old woman who has since passed away? who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you better than, meaning herself. And the Prophet wasallam, upon hearing this, his face changed. The anger was apparent on his face, wasallam, And he swears by Allah, مَا أَبْدَلَنِي اللَّهُ خَيْرًا مِنْهَا That I swear by Allah, Allah has not given me anyone better than her. The reason why I mention this narration and the reason that I want us all to think about what the Prophet ﷺ says. What is the first thing that he notes about why Allah has not given him better than her? He ﷺ says, She believed in me when everyone else rejected me. 
And she validated me when everyone else rejected me, when everyone else called me a liar. And she supported me with her wealth when everyone else deprived me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me and she is the mother of my children and no one else can say that. She is the mother of my children. The Prophet ﷺ remembers throughout the entirety of his life the belief of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, who when he ﷺ came back from Gharhira, when he was uh, encountered by Jibreel ﷺ for the first time, and he's given revelation for the first time. You know, our teachers, they tell us from their teachers that in order to really understand the seerah, you have to put your hand on the pulse of the Prophet ﷺ and try to understand how he was feeling. Oftentimes we look and we hear the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ having already known the conclusion, having already known what happens. But you have to imagine that the Prophet ﷺ doesn't know just yet everything that Muhammad ﷺ will turn out to be. He doesn't know what it all means just yet. He's seeing these miracles in his life. He's seeing all of these things that have been taking place since his childhood. He doesn't, re- he doesn't yet know what, what, what it's all going to turn out to be. So after this encounter, he comes back to his wife, radiallahu anha, and he says, لَقَدْ خَشِيتُ عَلَى نَفْسِي I don't know what's happening to me. And she says, By Allah, Allah will never forsake you. لا يخزيك الله أبدا إنك لتصل الرحم وتكسب المعدوم وتحمل الكل وتعين على نوائب الحق That she says Allah will never forsake someone like you because you take care of us you take care of your family and you count in everybody who those you count in those who everybody else has counted out you keep track of those everyone else has forgotten about you're always in support of good causes. You're a good person. And the Prophet ﷺ, he never forgets this. Now you might think to yourself, well, that's the Prophet ﷺ. Anybody of any sense would recognize that this is a promising person even before his prophethood. What about those who aren't so promising? What about those who the success story is not as clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, in Surah Baqarah, the very beginning, when He tells us the story of Genesis, the creation of Adam alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recounts the question of the angels, who had this very same question. When he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, says, إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةٌ قَالُوا أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءِ وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ قَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ That Allah tells the angels, I'm going to put a khalifa on this earth. They said, are you going to put in the earth a creation that will cause corruption in it and that will shed blood? While we wor- per- uh, uh, worship you perfectly, we 
do tasbih of you perfectly and we sanctify your name. Allah says, Inni a'lamu ma la ta'lamun. I know that which you know not. Often when we think about our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we're true and we're honest with ourselves, we think Allah truly knows my state. Allah knows all of the sins that I've accrued and accumulated in my life. Allah knows how terrible of a person I really am, even if nobody else does. And we get down on ourselves with this line of thinking. But I want to remind myself and all of you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the very beginning told the angels that all of this evil I'm well aware of. But what I'm also aware of is the potential in each and every single one of my creation. And that potential is so great what Allah knows about what you will become and what you will be and what you have the potential to be is so great that it made your existence superior to your non-existence. That it made your existence superior to your non-existence. Inni a'lamu ma la And for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not a matter of belief. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is perfect. So it's not that Allah believes in us, per se, but is that what He knows about us with certainty made our existence superior to our non-existence. And this uh, theme, this character trait, is one that spread throughout the community of the Prophet It's a characteristic that he taught and instilled within, within others. During the Hijrah, the Prophet ﷺ, right before arriving into Medina, he and Abu Bakr anhu, they have the choice between taking two paths. And their guide tells them that one of the paths is shorter, but there's known thieves on that path. They're known for their, for their crime. But it's a shorter path. And so the Prophet ﷺ chooses this path. And upon encountering these individuals, he calls them to Islam. He shares the message of Islam with them because of his concern for his community. And they accept Islam. The Prophet ﷺ asks them, What are your names? Who are you? And he, they respond to him وسلم, and they say, we're bad people. We're lowly, humiliated people. What does the Prophet ﷺ say to them? He says, No, rather you are dignified, noble, honorable people. You're honorable people. We have to consider this reality when we look around us and we see the people within our midst who don't really fit the mold, who don't really know what they're doing here, who kind of showed up and are just trying to do what everyone else is doing. And they stand out. And you might think to yourself, well, they're only here for the iftar night. They're only here for coffee. They're only here to get some work done. They're only here because they didn't know what else to do with their lives at this point. In a beautiful Authentic narration, part of a longer narration, 
The Prophet ﷺ tells us that Allah has angels that He sends out roaming about the earth looking for circles and gatherings of remembrance of Allah. And when these angels find these gatherings, they attend them and they fill the distance between that gathering and the lowest heaven. They fill the space between that gathering and the lowest heaven. And then when the gathering concludes, they report back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He asks them, where did you come from? And He knows already the answer. And they say that we came from such and such gathering of your, of your servants. And Allah asks, what are they doing? And they respond that they are making tasbih. They're saying, subhanAllah, they're making takbir. They're remembering you. They're mentioning your name. And Allah asks the angels, what are they asking for? And the angels respond that they're asking for your jannah. And Allah responds and says, have they seen my jannah? And the angels say no. And so Allah says, what if they would have seen it? Then what? And then the angels tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're also seeking your protection. What are they seeking my protection from? From your fire. Have they seen my fire? No, they haven't. And what if they were to see it? And what are they asking you for? They're asking for your forgiveness. What are they asking me for? They're asking for your forgiveness. Allah says, bear witness that I have forgiven them and giving them everything that they've asked for and giving them my Jannah and protected them from my hellfire. The angels respond. And this is the reason why I mentioned this narration and summarized it a little bit. The angels respond and they say, Ya Allah, amongst that gathering are some individuals, there's a person there who didn't come for the gathering. He just came to fulfill some need. He just came to fulfill some need. He came for some other purpose. He just happened to be amongst them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Bear witness that everything I have given them, I have given to this individual as well. Why? Because humul qawm la yashqa bihim jalisuhum. That they are the special contingent of my servants. No one amongst them will ever be deprived. The reality is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is not coincidental. And we have to treat one another with this understanding. That if somebody is in the midst of a good gathering, it's not because they just happen to be there. It's because Allah invited them to be there whether they realize it or not. And this is the understanding that we have to treat one another with. You know very well when you're interacting with somebody and their expectation of you is that this is going to be a negative encounter or that they don't have good thoughts about you or they don't have good thoughts of your potential or they're discounting you. And you know from the very start those people in your life who believed in you when it didn't look like there was any reason to believe in you. Perhaps it was a teacher, perhaps it was a parent, perhaps it was a friend, somebody who showed you in a time where you didn't perhaps believe in yourself that they saw something in you. You never forget those people. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ, he says, about the companions, to the companions once about Abu Bakr anhu, that every single one of you, when I presented the message, you had some hesitation. Every one of you hesitated, except for Abu Bakr anhu. 
that as soon as I presented him the message, he accepted. The belief in the beginning is different than when it makes sense to believe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala captures this in the Quran in many places. لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل أولئك أعظم درجة من الذين أنفقوا من بعد وقاتلوا That they're not the same those who spent in Allah's cause before the, the conquest of Mecca and fought. They are, in, they are greater in their degree. They are higher status than those who spent and fought after. والسابقون الأولون من المهاجرين والأنصار That those who came first from, the, from amongst the muhajirun and ansar. And then Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا That Allah is especially pleased with them. So there is a difference. And you might think that this happened overnight. But it didn't. In one narration about Umar ibn Khattab عنه, before he became Muslim, when the believers were in Mecca and the persecution got very difficult, the Prophet instructed a group of companions to travel to Habasha, to Abyssinia. Amongst that group were two companions by the name of Um Abdullah and her, uh, and her husband, uh, Amr bin Rabi'ah. So as they're getting ready, to pre- as they're making preparations to head to, to Habasha, her husband had to go take care of some matters and finish up some things before they departed. In that time, she comes across Umar ibn Khattab anhu. And he says, Ya Umar Abdullah, where are you going? She says, we have to leave. We have no other choice. You and your companions have made it very difficult on us. You've persecuted us, you've harassed us, you've made the situation untenable, unbearable. We have to leave. And so Umar anhu, she noticed in his face some regret, some sadness that this impacted him very deeply. And so he says to her, Sahibakumullah, that may Allah be with you on your journey. When her husband comes back, she tells him what happened. And he says to her, it sounds like you think that Umar is going to become Muslim. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? You believe that Umar is going to become Muslim? She said, yes. Her husband says that the, the donkey of Umar will become Muslim before he does. This is Amir al-Mu'mineen. This is Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. And so we have to have this understanding that the person you might be interacting with, you don't know what their reality will be. And if you take that time, if you take that sincerity in your heart, if you have that belief in them, then imagine what the community will look like when there's the understanding that everyone who walks through these doors will treat them with the best assumption with the best understanding, with the best belief. Mufti Shafi Uthmani, who is the author of Ma'arif al-Qur'an and the, the founder of Dar al-Ulum in, in Karachi, he was once asked in an interview, or he, he once said in an interview, that everything I've been able to accomplish in my life, I attribute it to nothing more than the scholars and the Righteous people who when I was a child playing in the garden of the Dar al-Ulum in Diyaband Would look upon me and make dua for me Everything I've turned out to be I attribute to the mercy of those kind glances from these righteous people 
we think about the example of Yusuf and his brothers. And often we consider how amazing and how incredible that story is. But Allah tells us in, the, in those ayat that when Yaqub was giving advice to his son and he was telling him of his bright future, that Allah will complete his favor upon you, he says, and he'll also fulfill his right upon the family of Ya'qub. The beauty in that story is not just restricted to Yusuf salam, but how all of his brothers came around. By the end of the story, all of his brothers come around. Those same brothers who conspired to kill and do away with their own brother. Ya'qub salam, in his foresight and in his wisdom as a father and as a prophet, he never discounts any of his sons, even though he knows they're the ones who did away with his beloved. Imagine a community in which we treat the promising amongst us and those who don't look as promising with the same level of conviction. الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأصلي وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبعد. My dear brothers and sisters, as we conclude today's khutbah, the action items are very simple. Number one, that we have the best assumption of our brothers and sisters. We try to practice husn al-dhan. We assume the best of people when we interact with them. Jarir ibn Abdullah, radiallahu anhu, he says in a hadith that I took an, uh, uh, an oath of allegiance. Bayatu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala iqam al-salaa wa ita'a al-zakaa wa nushi li kulli muslim. That I took an oath of allegiance. The Prophet sallallahu made me pledge that I would pray, I would give zakat, and what else with those two things? That I would wish the best and have the, the, the utmost level of sincerity in my interactions with every believer. So number one, have husn al-dhan with others. Number two, make dua for others, especially in their absence. Make dua for others, especially in their absence. This will ignite the love and the closeness and the close relationships amongst one another in the community. That especially those who might be putting you in difficult circumstances right now who it might not be as easy, who are a little rough around the edges. I, I'll never forget that there was a brother in my community growing up who was, a, he was, a, he was, a, he was an elder to me. And I would, you know, as a child, would be in the community, we'd pray salah together, etc., etc. Later on in life, I saw this brother one time after having uh, been married. And so when I met him, I gave him salam, and I said, uh, you know, I got married, alhamdulillah. And he said, Alhamdulillah, Allah answers duas. And I never thought for a moment that this brother who I saw here and there, who I didn't really interact with that, that much, who I wasn't very close to, was making dua for me that I would get married as a young person. And I'll never forget that moment. And so likewise, 
just like Mufti Shafi said, when we see the children in our communities, how do we interact with them? How do we make their love grow for the place that they're in? When we see those who have come in who are not really fitting the mold just yet, who don't really you know, do the salah quite right just yet, who aren't reading the Qur'an that fluently, what is our level of dua for them? We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a community that truly loves one another. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a community that truly uh, intends the best for one another. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who have genuine belief in one another. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us with our beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst uh, his, uh, the true followers of his ummah. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to drink from his blessed hands on the day of judgment and that we unite with him in Jannatul Firdaus. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Rabbana la tuzir qulubana ba'da id hadaytana wa hablana min ladunka rahma innaka anta al-wahab. عباد الله إن الله أمركم بأمن بدأ فيه بنفسه وثنى بملائكة قدوسه وثلث بكم أيها المؤمنون فقال إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين أمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد في الأولين وفي الآخرين وفي الملأ الأعلى إلى يوم الدين عباد الله إن الله أمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكر الله العظيم يذكركم واشكره على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة